Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. Sewers on the Boulevard. We're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Nearly 50% of Louisiana's landmass is covered by forest, a whopping 14 million acres. And the forestry industry in Louisiana is the state's second largest employer. Taming and cultivating all this land is both a science and a business as is the related field of landscape design, which is also something of an art as well. What compels someone to make their living in the great outdoors? And what kinds of opportunities exist today for those who help tame and cultivate the abundant flora and fauna around us? Warren Peters has some answers. He's built a career around tending to Louisiana's forest lands. His 20-year-old company, Peters Forest Resources, provides all phases of forest management, from reforestation to harvest supervision. The company also does large inventories, mappings, financial analysis, appraisals, ecological studies, and provides brokerage services. If you're a city dweller, you might not think much about all this, but it's big business based right here in the center of Baton Rouge. Warren, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. While Louisiana is rich in forest lands, it is also resplendent with semi-tropical trees, plants, flowers, and fruits. Jeb Barber spends his days taming and cultivating this natural beauty and bringing it to homes and businesses. His seven-year-old company, Makaira Landscaping, is a fully functional design, build, and manufacturing company that specializes in cutting-edge landscape design and residential swimming pools. There's a lot of demand for that down here in South Louisiana, and I know also a good bit of competition. Jeb, we look forward to hearing about it. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephanie. Well, Warren, I want to start with you. Tell me about the temperament of a forester. I mean, besides having an interest in the field, it seems to me that you have to be an outdoor person. Yeah, uh, you, you, you need to like the outdoors because you spend a, a tremendous amount of time outside. Uh, obviously, I used to spend a lot more time outside than I do now. The desk tends to hold me in the office more than it should these days, but uh, I grew up outdoors. My dad was in the same business, so I, you know, when as long early as I could walk, I was tagging along with him. From the Baton Rouge area? From the Baton Rouge area, yeah. Uh, he was born Baton Rouge native, as am I, obviously. Uh, and so from the time I was probably 12 years old, I was tagging along with him. And, and then we had a family place. My mother's grandfather had a, had a place in St. Francisville. Okay. And spent a bunch of time up there on the weekends, hunting, fishing. I just, you know, it just kind of stuck. So, so you all provide basically all spectrum of forestry services. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, we we work for the landowners. Most of our clients are what we call private, non-industrial landowners. They're not timber. They don't own sawmills. They're not primarily in the timber industry. Families such as yourself that may own, you know, hundred sure. acres, two hundred acres, up to several thousand acres. Um, and you know we provide management services for those clients. Okay, what like which of the services would you say is the most in demand? 
Uh, probably timber sale administration. You know, most people, you know, when they have a piece of property, that one of the ways they can extract some value out of it is managing the timber. And of course, managing the timber means cutting the timber. Right. Um, you know, and along with cutting timber comes, you know, reforestation when it's necessary. Uh, but timber cutting or timber harvesting is also a very valuable wildlife management tool. So a lot of our clients, probably half of our clients, are as much interested in the recreational aspect of the property, the hunting, sure. as they are timber management. Uh, and so the two really go hand in hand. What's going on with timber prices right now? I know they, they dropped precipitously, you know, after that recession in 2008, 2009, when demand for, you know, housing slowed, and so the timber prices went down. Correct. Have they come back up yet? They, in, in some areas they have. Uh, when we had the, the, the housing market crash, obviously housing starts went way down. Uh, I think it was in 06, housing starts were at about 2.1 million mm -hmm. across the country annually. Uh, they're still less than a million right now at one wow, time. So they're only half of what they were 10 years ago. They had actually dropped to, to less than 500,000 at one point. Goodness. And it's starting to come back. Um, but in that same interim, we've, we've had a lot of consolidation in the forest industry as far as mills. And right. so some of the mills, companies have consolidated and closed mills. So now we have less competition, less demand for the wood products. So the price recovery has been slow. It has been slow. Uh, it's uh, slower in some areas than others. Well, well, Jeb, what kind of market forces are impacting your business right now? And, and tell us about Makaira. Um, so Makaira Landscape and Pools, we started um, about seven years ago. Uh, my background's in landscape architecture, so I started out planning. Um, I got into uh, wanting to install it. Um, it's, it's really gratifying to see what you draw um, to come to life. Um, and then on the back end, we started doing maintenance because... Um, Biggest thing I was seeing with that was, okay, you can install it, but if you can't keep it maintained, um, how do you keep your name good? Um, mm -hmm. So we, we basically do design, build, maintain, and landscape and pool industry. Um, <clears throat> market things that I think affect us, um, just like he said, with housing, um, when that dropped off, I think people were real scared for probably up until 2009, maybe to move and do new construction. So people that had money and wanted to do things um you know we're an amenity business so right. um they're gonna they're gonna want to instead of moving to a bigger house let's do the outdoor kitchen let's do the pool let's do the landscape in the backyard and stay put for now um so that's interesting because you got into this right at the, like the middle of the whole recession the great yeah, recession actually of left, not, right yeah i left north carolina i worked there for five years at a big land planning firm and um, so we, yeah, the company I was at went through pretty hard, hard times with the housing market dropping off. So, and, and you would think that uh, the amenity business might suffer greatly when people don't have a lot of money, but you're saying you actually did okay because people don't move to yeah. bigger houses. They just dress up what they have. Yes. Um, <gasps> and now great. what we're seeing, like the, the obviously oil and gas is dropped off. So it's the same kind of thing, um, where we do get affected where we're not doing new construction as much, which we do a lot of new construction, um, but it, it actually, I don't want to say benefited us, but mm -hmm. we saw, uh, we didn't see, a, I guess we capitalized on, you know, the market that was dropping at that time. Um, how, how small a job will you do? I mean, if I wanted somebody to come to my little house, would you all 
you do just a little old house? Oh yeah, we'll, I mean we do. I, I mean if someone calls in and they want to clean up, and we do things as you know, five hundred dollars to, you know, sky's the limit if <laughs> <laughs> you know if they if they want to do stuff. And then you, you're in the pool business as well. Was that because you um, need we to were just draw broaden the services? Yeah, or? we. Um, I was basically as a as a designer you're planning you're planning and then you're managing that client you're also managing the subs that go into that that job so we felt after about three years i felt like you know all right i've been watching how the how the pools are being built um we're managing majority of these these projects um let's you know let's bring it in-house let's try to bring it in-house so um we started that about two years ago um like you know just building them um off of our designs and it's it's gone really well um because the client has one source one point of contact you don't have to deal with all these different entities that go into a landscape or pool um, project which there's a lot and as a landscape architect you know how to design pools yes that's excellent so that's already in your skill set yeah your training and and, and we try to we, i try to get people if they come to me and they want a master plan we try to make them think big picture that they maybe not you know didn't think about something you know they come to us they say they you want this okay were well, you thinking about this in the long term what about this so that helps helps things out a lot um now now you have a pretty big operation how did you grow your business so big so fast um we um i kind of took a jump three years ago mm -hmm. and it it I kind of I was we were doing good um with the planning and the installation um but then the big jump was doing the maintenance and then getting into the pools so um really demand I had to keep up with I had to had to we went from probably eight employees to the you know 28 that we have now that's um, fantastic yeah we got we were lucky and blessed with <laughs> The, with the growth so fast. Now there's a lot of competition in this market for what you all do. Yes. And I know you have a lot of worthy competitors out there. Yep. Uh, how does that shape your business, your marketing, your everything? Uh, having competitors that are strong in the industry is, is key to making, y you want the industry to be strong, you want good people, um, and it, it is. There's a, there's a lot of landscapers and there's a lot of pool builders. Um, a lot of good quality in both of them. So I just think it helps if you if you keep going, you wake up, you go to work every day, you try to be your best. It helps the uh, helps the industry in the long run. Yeah, is there enough work to go around? Yeah, you'd be surprised. There's there's so many pools per capita in Baton Rouge. It's Bat well, Baton Rouge, Ascension Parish, all those you know, all the outlying areas of East Baton Rouge. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have any statistics on it? Uh, I did like two years ago. Okay. But I don't want to. I'm gonna I don't follow up on that. I, don't I think that's a great. Any. That's it's interesting. I think it's the biggest per capita like in in the country. Like Baton Rouge, is really. Yeah. That's a cool little South statistic. Louisiana. Well, Warren, I want to bring you back in. I mean, we're not exactly known for being a green state in Louisiana, even though we are a very green state. I mean, environmentally friendly. We're not. Does this impact your respective businesses at all? It really doesn't have a, a tremendous impact on ours. Um, what people, you know, you say we, we're not seen as a green state, and that's true probably because of the petrochemical industry primarily. I mean, we're seen as a big polluter, which <laughs> may or may <laughs> not be the case. But from the you know, forest industry, as you said, uh, is the second largest employer industry in the state. And particularly 
in North Louisiana, that is the industry. Uh, not so much when you get south of Alexandria, uh, but you know, just from a perspective, I mean, you said we had 50% of our states covered in, in forest land, and probably 90% of that's commercial forest land, or could be commercial forest land. Mm -hmm. um, we do plant trees. Most of the land, I would say probably 95% of the land that gets clear cut, gets replanted within two years. Okay. So we're in this state, we're planting millions upon millions of trees. Uh, the forest industry as a whole has, there's nobody with a bigger interest in making sure we sustain the forest than the forest industry itself. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and, and so I don't so know. So we're probably more eco-friendly than we give ourselves we credit for we, being. We are. Most people don't realize how big our industry is in this state. Yeah. Uh, you know, from an agricultural uh, standpoint, um, we're the largest plant commodity industry in the state. Hmm. Forestry is, I think I looked up the stats not too long ago, represents about a third of the plant commodity agricultural business in the state. A third of the plant of commodity, okay. Yeah, I mean, you add the sugar cane, soybean, right, right, cotton, right. all that together, and timber. We're about the, uh, forestry is about a third of that yeah, that's in, the huge. in the state, so it's big. Yeah, that's very, very big. Okay. Uh, what about you, Jeb? Um, environmental issues, do they factor into your business at all? Um, we kind of try to use environmental to our advantage sometimes. Uh, a lot of people want to be green. They want to, um, you know, plant plant plants that are going to help out. Uh, obviously, every plant is going to help out with the environment that you plant. But, um, you know, we don't, we kind of use it to our advantage when we're, when we're planting. We'll, um, we'll utilize that in a presentation. Yeah. And then where do you get most of the plants that you that you work with. Do you all grow any of your own or do you buy them all from suppliers? We, we buy, so when you're installing in the landscape business, you gotta, quality plants um, are super important because it, the way you prep them, um, drainage and irrigation that goes into it is key, um, but you gotta have a really good supplier. And we have suppliers in Louisiana. Um, North Louisiana's got some really good plant nurseries. Um, we do use uh, suppliers out of Florida, though, because they do a lot of really good container stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we get a lot of stuff from Louisiana. What, what are some of the trends that you see going on right now in, in forestry and in growing and landscape design? Any, anything really new and interesting out there? Well, uh, in our business, in, in the forest industry, uh, it's been changing pretty dramatically over the last 20 years. Um, we're the mills are, are, are wanting smaller timber. We're not growing trees as big as we used to. As wide or as tall as, or both? As wide or both, but mm -hmm. typically diameter is, is what we're talking about uh, because they figured out how to make better products, better wood products with smaller trees. For instance, we, you know, years ago we used to cut a bunch of 2x12s. All your houses uh, you know, had a bunch of 2x10s, 2x12s in them for floor joists, rafters, and that sort of stuff. Sure. Well, a lot of that now has been has been moved to what we call engineered wood products, wooden I beams. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a piece of plywood, the vertical piece, and two smaller pieces of wood on the top and the bottom. You can make that in much smaller trees. Okay. It's actually a better product for for the application in a lot of instances. Uh, plywood you've you've seen has been almost completely replaced by oriented strand board or OSB. Some people call it wafer board. They see mm -hmm. it in Home Depot or whatever. 
um, uh, plywood took bigger trees because they actually peeled the trees to make the veneer and they glued it together. Right, right. Well, OSB, they just chip, they make chips out of trees. So you can make use a much smaller tree, a much lower quality tree, a much cheaper tree, and they just chip it up and glue it back push together. Push it together, yeah. Push, push it back together. And so, you know, we've seen those changes. So what we're managing towards is a lot smaller product, which means we can turn them over by rotation. In other words, from when you plant something to when you cut it down and start over has shrunk a lot mm -hmm. in the last 20 years. Interesting. Uh, and then the other development is uh, biofuels. You'll, you've, right. you've read uh, a lot of wood pellet manufacturing facilities. There's a big export facility at the plant. Mm -hmm. the two big white bubbles on the west side of the bridge. The Drax. Drax, yeah. that's for storage of wood pellets. They have two plants, one at Gloucester, Mississippi, one up at Bastrop, Louisiana that are producing wood pellets, shipped down here, stored there, they put them on ocean-going vessels and sell them in Europe. That's fascinating. And, th and there's another facility in White Castle that's doing something with the wood pellets also. They've got... Or they were trying to. What do we call a cogen, a cogeneration facility. Mm -hmm. they, they put these small generating plants uh, where they can take... I think that plant is actually just taking waste products, okay. you know, limbs, that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't know that they're making pellets there or, or using pellets to fire it with. I see. But still. Yeah. Jeb, what about um, trends in your business? Saltwater pools, for instance? Yeah. That was really hot a few years ago. I'm assuming it still is? It, it is. Um, what we're finding in the saltwater pools, though, I mean, salt obviously erodes things. So um, you try to find the happy medium with the client and explain to them, you know, chlorine's the easiest to, uh, it's going to, it's better for the stone or material you put around your pool um, with salt, even plants, you know, are affected by all that kind of stuff. But design trends for us, I mean, it's kind of gotten to the point now where everybody, they want a newer look. Um, you know, less is more. Okay. Um, you, you look 15 years back, 20 years back, when people are putting landscape in, it's mass everywhere. And now it's, it's overgrown. And I mean, so now everybody wants clean line you know, rocks, and um, so we try to balance it out to where it's still got a nice um, um, landscape um, aesthetic, but also, you know, you want to do what the client wants, so, and yeah, pools, pools now, technology, automation, um, the things you can put on the pool, the water features, um, it's, it's pretty neat. That, that industry's growing big time. And the look, what's the hot thing with the look of swimming pools right now? Um, we're, I mean, we're doing a bunch of different stuff. I mean, we're doing stuff in, uh, we're doing a pool in Lake Charles actually that we did a, an acrylic wall. So the whole backside of the pool uh -huh. is a 40 foot acrylic wall. Um, we had to use a company out of Colorado, Reynolds actually, it's a really big, um, poly company. Um, they do like the aquarium glass, spaceship so cool. glass, or not glass, acrylic. Um, yeah, so Infinity Edge, um, and really with the pools too, just keep it clean and sleek. Clean and sleek, that's yep. the new thing. We, we talked a little bit about uh, about being an eco-friendly, and environmentally friendly state and, and the you know rules and processes that you use. What's going on with, with pest control? Um, I mean, how do you keep the trees healthy? How do you keep the plants healthy? What, what sort of cutting edge, uh, you know, remedies are you using these well, days? In our in the forest industry, we there's really a not a, a lot of insect control that goes on. Rarely do we have insect problems. We do from time to time. The tip, most often, thank God, they're tip they're they're isolated, 
and they don't last very long. Uh, occasionally we'll have the, the biggest potential problem we have as far as insects is what we call a southern pine beetle. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, we hadn't had a major epidemic since the mid-80s. Just because? Just they be haven't been around? Just because. It's okay. You know, we're, we've been lucky. That's uh, lucky. They can do a lot of damage in a hurry. Um, but there's no effective or affordable pesticide or insecticide that you can use to control it. Wow. It's a mechanical. You cut the trees down and you move them out. Um, carry and the then you and lose the whole... You, and you lose them. Um, you can sell them for salvage prices, but salvage prices are pretty low. Uh, we do some herb a lot of herbicide work, you know. Uh, you know, you you control weeds as well. We just control bigger weeds, you know. We, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> you like know. like weeds, like kudzu. It's growing Co all over everything in the south. It, it, What's it, with that? Can we do anything about that? Th there there are herbicides that will control it. Absolutely. Uh, uh, there's other weeds uh, that have the potential to be a lot worse than kudzu. Um, Kogan grass, for instance, we don't have a lot of it in Louisiana. In Mississippi and Alabama, has a lot of it, and it really? it, it is it's bad. It's a grass. Uh, I think it came in from Japan at one point in time in packaging, and it uh, it's very very invasive, and and it chokes out everything, and and then also if it catches on fire, it burns very very oh. hot. So and nothing you can do about that. Yeah, yeah, you can okay. spray it, but it's expensive. It's very expensive because you have to spot spray it mm -hmm. and and just physically in our business getting the equipment and the men into the locations to control it that's time consuming sure. you don't just necessarily drive up in a truck mm -hmm. and get to it you're going to be using atvs and that sort of stuff what about what about in your business jeb so with us i mean you got to think as a residence that's its so that's that's its environment that's yeah. you got to treat that as a as a as a package so what we do is we go in and we we create a horticulture program and that's to, uh, to what I said before you know you have the design the build and the maintenance is a big deal because I mean with grass I mean we get clover we get uh, brown spot we get bahia grass so we, we try to control um, that stuff as as you know as it comes up you can't really you don't treat uh, uh, ahead of time you kind of like you got to let it happen and then and then you treat um, with plants, I mean, we really, it, it really depends on the site. So I, mean, so, I mean, in Baton Rouge, sites are so much different. You might have a super wet site, so we have to, we have to use um, different chemicals for, for those areas. And then when it's dry, I mean, it's, when it's dry, it's a little bit better. So hmm. you're not going to have as much problem. Um, but we, we try to make it to where everybody has a, a different program. Yeah. And we, we really, you can't, you don't know that program until you get in there. Um, you can you can plan for it, but I try to tell everybody, you know, let us let us get in here, let us get in here, and you know, we'll figure it out. That's great. Yep. Let me ask you this before we before we have to wrap up. I don't know if you have a brother-in-law, but if you did, and he came to you and said he wanted to get into the landscape business, what would you tell him? Would you say, come on, this is a great place, opportunity for all, or uh, would you steer him into well, I, would else. I would ask him <laughs> if he wanted a job or if he was going to open a, another company. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I, I would say, you know, I, I, yeah, I would, I would help him. I'd guide him. And it's a fun industry. I mean, it, and, the, and the thing about it, landscape and pool industry, it's, there's a lot out there. So do you um, have to have a landscape architecture degree to be able to do it? Uh, no, Th there's certain plans that need to be stamped, certain plans that don't. Um, there's landscape design, which is a little bit different because that's usually towards a residential house. 
Um, but then you, you know, there's landscape horticulture license, irrigation license, pesticide license. All right. What about you, Warren? Uh, would you recommend your business to? Uh well, it's funny you ask that because my son started graduate school at the uh, <laughs> School of, they call it Renewable Natural Resources, it's the forestry school at LSU this week. So uh, I guess the answer, the short answer is yes. <laughs> 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 so he'll be the third generation uh, in well the business. Well, that's so nice and, to know. Uh, it's different. The, the business has changed, like I said earlier, dramatically from when I started uh you know, it, it's at times can be physically demanding. Sure. Uh, spending a lot of time outside. You know, I, I tell people I started when I was a teenager painting lines in a swamp where you were literally from knee deep to over your head deep all day long. Yeah. You know, painting boundary lines. And we don't do a lot of that anymore. So. But don't you feel healthy being outside all day? Absolutely. Around the trees. It's so much better than being cooped well, up in an office. Yeah, it is. And, and when I'm out there on August the 15th when it's... <laughs> 100 degrees and 79 percent humidity at two o'clock in the afternoon i just tell myself how much fun i'm having that's right <laughs> well warren peters jeb barber y'all are both keeping louisiana beautiful and making it a better place to live while also helping to keep the economy humming so thanks for sharing your stories with us today on out to lunch thank You're you welcome Thank you. Glad to be here. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Warren Peters, owner of Peters Forest Resources, and Jeb Barber, owner of Makaira Landscape. You can find out more about Peters Forest Resources and Makaira Landscape by following the links on our website. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's latest album, Puzzle, is out now. You can find out more about that at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's betonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com.